My name is Cesar Marin, and this is the Cultivating Wisdom Podcast. This show's mission is to have honest and provocative conversations about the practice of microdosing psilocybin as a way of achieving a more balanced lifestyle. Microdosing transformed my life, and I truly believe it could change the lives of so many. The show's mission is to set a buffet table of wisdom so that we can cultivate a better future. The idea is to poke at people's childhood curiosity and seek to lift the stigma associated with psychedelics. So we are incredibly lucky today. I, I, I could not be more geeked about who our first video guest is. Um, Dr. Michelle Weiner, her accolades are, are just, the list is so long. The list is so, so, so long of how amazing of a person she is that it take up half the show. It, it, it literally would take up half the show. So I'm just going to tell you this, and I'm going to sort of condense it into one thing. We were just at the Athian Awards um, down at Canadalic, and she was voted by her peers, by her peers, the doctor of the year in the psychedelic space, in the cannabis space. So that sums it up. I don't need to say anything else but that. Um, so we're honored. We're honored to have you as our guest. Um, I'll be honest with you. When I got into this psychedelic uh, path, um, it was when Wonderland was going on and you were one of the main focal points at Wonderland. Um, so you were one of the first persons I followed and and taught me a lot about psychedelics so i i first want to thank you for that um i want to congratulate you on on your award much well deserved um and i wanted to start off by one um how does that feel in front of your peers in front of the people that are you know what i mean or at the forefront with you of this psychedelic revolution as paul stamets called how does that feel and then if i could get your honest opinion on, on the highs and lows of Canadelic because it was just an amazing event. Sure. Well, thank you for the introduction. I was very fortunate in the sense that Wonderland and Canadelic were in Miami. So it was very um, helpful for my team, not just myself, to really make a name for ourselves and to start, um, you know, getting to know other people in the space. But the award ceremony was really the next level for me because I sat at a table with Rick Doblin, Ben Sessa, and Paul Stamets. So that, and, and of course, my very good friend, Julia Mirror. So that to me was a very special night. Uh, I think Canadelic really did a great job this year of bringing some better, more professional speakers that are in the space. For example, Rick Doblin did a whole talk on the phase three trials with MDMA and um, trying to get FDA approval for using MDMA for PTSD. And he did talk a great deal about uh, fear extinction and memory reconsolidation and how even veterans and people who have PTSD for 20 years can still get better. And, and this medication can be something that can be actually covered by insurance in the future. And Paul Stamets does a great job. He always talks about raising consciousness and how most of the leaders that have be, have been, you know, before us, like Einstein, for example, always have a spiritual practice. And I love how he really brings in spirituality into the medical space. And and Ben Sessa, I've never met him before, but I have followed him for a while because he talks about curative psychiatry, which to me is really, you know eye-opening for the United States because psychiatry is a field where we give someone a diagnosis, they take a medication for the rest of their lives and they never get better. So he, he really talked more about the fact that maybe each of these psychedelics uh, is not specific for an indication or a specific condition, but perhaps the person has a better outcome from a specific psychedelic. And it really, he really talks about looking at the whole person, not just looking at the person as if they are a, right. a condition or a diagnosis. Right. So I think Canadelic this year was much better. Um, you know, there's there's the cannabis and psychedelic uh, groups that come together. And so I've been in this space for a while. And so, you know, there's yeah. the, the, the outside of the conference looks a little, you know, um, interesting and maybe less interesting, medical. Interesting. Um, yes. But, you yes. know, everybody's yes. doing their thing. Yes. And 
And I and I think that's the point of it is that it's it's well like everybody's welcome cannabis and, and psychedelics yeah. and smart. um and it was a really good feel it was a good it was a good community and uh, I think I think they did a, a great job I know on my panel Joe Moore from Psychedelics Today he he was a moderator and he did a phenomenal job I love working with him as well so it was nice seeing people from all over and then of course the people who are in South Florida. It was it was funny because you're you're right. It was it was the A listers. I mean, it was seriously the A listers of the I don't know I don't know how I got in. I don't know how they let me in. <laughs> I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure how I was sitting there with, with laureates of of the psychedelic space with people who um, you know, for me, I've been in this six months. You know this. This is just this is a this is I'm I'm a brand new awakening, right? There's people who have been in this for a long time. And and to and to sit and see and be able to chat with these people and they're being so open. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's part of the psychedelic world. I mean, I, I worked in television for a long time, right? So I, it, there's this, there's this sense of when you get to a, a certain level, you don't have time for anybody. I haven't found that in the psychedelic space at all whatsoever. I mean, everyone, everyone you've named there are the top of the echelon people in this space. And yet they have time to sit and talk to people. I think that's, I think that's amazing. I think that's, I think that says a lot about the, the psychedelic space and where we are um, and the community that exists. I mean, you know, look, Ashley, who we both know, invited me to I was in Miami. And she invited me to a thank you plant medicine yoga thing that they had there in Miami. And I just so happened to be there. And I was like, if it wasn't for psychedelics, I don't know if that connection would have been made. And it was such a beautiful moment to share with other people, to share with what I'm doing to share. And then at the same time, be one of the elders at the, at the round table was, was, was a bit, um, was a bit rewarding. I, I asked people to obviously sit down at a buffet table of wisdom. And, and I want you to share with us your wisdom, right? Your, your wisdom, what you see this space, how you feel about this space. It, it, it's all about sharing our stories that I think that once we open up, we can start to break the stigma that exists with psychedelics, right? So it's sort of, I would, I would love for you to cultivate some wisdom in, in us, in all of us. Well, sure. So, you know, similar to what you were saying in terms of the psychedelic community being very inclusive, you know, the word means mind manifesting. So it doesn't exactly pertain to these specific medicines. Um, I even heard someone talk about changing it to psychoplastogen. And really, you know, the concept, I think, is more about neuroplasticity, which is not a new concept. Neuroplasticity is basically the brain changing over time as we learn different things. And so I, I think the most important thing is for people to understand that we can always make a decision to improve our overall well-being, happiness, health. It's, it's honestly something that we can cultivate ourselves. And so a lot of it has to do with the fact that we need to understand that the brain and the body are connected. And a lot of what we do in our daily life has to do with our past experiences. And the fact that we're constantly, you know, these prediction models, we're constantly assuming based on what we've already experienced, how we're going to experience a DMT. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so Correct. I think Correct. I think it's really allowing people to listen to their body, to feel comfortable in their body, because the body does inform the mind. And so it's allowing us to understand that it's okay to learn something new. We can retrain our brains. We can rediscover ourselves. And it's more of a conscious decision. However, sometimes there needs to be a catalyst. Sometimes we need a disruptor or something to kind of wake us up. And and I think, you know, I I think a lot of it is a fear-based model. And so once we're able to have people feel the love or feel the peace or, you know, feel that there is a potential for them to feel something different, then we can talk about changing their thoughts and behaviors. So, you know, it's not just the medicine, it's really Correct. establishing a lifestyle that will allow them to move forward to optimize their well-being and not and also to take responsibility for their own health care, not just to rely on yes, exactly. the medical now, practice. Ex- ex- exactly. That, that's, that's obviously super important that 
especially as time goes by, no, it's sort of, look, I'm, I'm 55, right? So I'm at that age where I know that there's 55 years that way. I know there's not 55 in front, right? That means that I need to take my own health into my own hands. And if there is something like a psychedelic substance where I can take and I can use it as a performance enhancer for my life, it enhances my life, it enhances how I feel, it enhances the way I feel creatively, it enhances the way I am around other people, then why not use that as part of my self-health, right? As part of that, of, of me finding my own proper healthness um, in, in, in being who I am. Um, I know that your, your, your space is the ketamine space right now, correct? Well, that's the only legal psych, uh, dissociative anesthetic or sort of psychedelic, yes. Yeah. So, and, and again, you, like I said at the beginning, you are the go-to person, right? Whether it's in Miami, whether it's in, you're like the queen of ketamine, right? We should put <laughs> that know, on the t-shirt. <laughs> no, no, I'm only joking. No, no, no. Please do not put that on a t-shirt. Nobody put that on a t-shirt. Okay. I own dibs to it. So please do not put that on a t-shirt. No, it's just what, what I'm saying is um, the advanced in ketamine treatments is amazing. I mean, this, some of the stuff that I saw at psychedelic, some of the stuff, the possibilities of what I heard with ketamine treatment. Um, is is amazing. Where where do you see it? Give me a, a, a small synopsis of where you see it right now, and where you see it in five years. Because it's, I think it's it's as we move forward, we have to make sure this medicine is available, or this treatment, or this type of solution is available to as many people as possible. Right. I, I sort of sometimes get concerned that if we go down one way instead of the other, we might find ourselves in a situation where some people get healed some people don't so where where is where is the ketamine um therapy right now and where do you see it going five years down the road well i'll just say that ketamine the actual medication is an fda approved medication for over 50 Correct. years part Correct. of um, the World Health Organization statement that it is necessary to have ketamine as part of a medical uh, program. So like this medicine is necessary. Um, and, and that within itself talks about a little bit about the safety of it. Um, the issue, I think, is insurance coverage and the potential for addiction. Those are the two issues. What I see is that it's a medication that allows people to connect with themselves in a different way than we're used to in terms of the medical field. And because of that, it can help with so many different things because it's getting to the root cause of why so many people are suffering, whether it's from chronic pain or mental health issues. So I, I see that people will start using more of an intramuscular route of administration. I also see that there's gonna be more groups that um, I know that I have some group uh, patients that like to come together in a community and, and do a group ketamine session, whether it's through a lozenge or an intramuscular. But the, the point is, is that if we're aware of people's mental health, if we're aware of their previous experience with psychedelics, we can personalize the ketamine dose. We can do two shots of intramuscular. We can do IV for a short or a long period of time if it's for chronic pain, let's say. So you could tailor it. You could, right, you could be it's tailored. personalized. And, and the groups nice. okay. really allow for a more cost-effective way of healing because we're able to yes. have more people in a room. And, and I just did this actually Smart. for all of my staff. We had an intramuscular group ketamine session. There were seven people, myself and mm. Sherry Kaplan, the, the, our therapist, we sat for everyone. And, mm. you know, they were able to really be more vulnerable. And we talked about our specific intentions and everyone had their sessions. Certain people cried during it, you know, people had Beautiful. their own experiences. And then afterwards we talked about it and there is a lot of healing in, in groups. So I believe that the biggest issue right now is that we need ketamine to be covered by insurance and we need long-term data stating that this many sessions of ketamine, you know, with some type of maintenance will overall have long-term durable effects. So we know it's safe, we know it's effective, but then we don't, everyone has a different protocol. Is it, you know, tw twice a week for three weeks? Is it once a week for six weeks? Does it depend the person, the condition? Because it's a self-pay industry right now, there's so many limitations and there's so many variables. Mm. Um, and then the other side of it is really the fact that 
because ketamine does require maintenance, are we going to create a new addiction? And mm. if mm. we are not mm. making the therapy covered by insurance, yeah. then are they just taking the medicine and not doing the work yeah. and therefore yeah. not going to have long-term results? There's that lack, there's that lack of integration. There's that lack of proper integration after whatever the person, whatever their intentions are to use the medicine. You're right. If there's, if there's no integration afterwards, we, 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 we can have a, a situation on our hands where, like you said, people are just going to get the medicine. People are just going to, you know, get high. And that's, that, that, that was something I wanted to talk about because you, you said, you said addiction and you said ketamine at the same time. A lot of people sometimes feel or say that there are psychedelics that aren't addictive, say psilocybin, say LSD. Um, and and there, there has been this tie of ketamine towards more recreational use, um, some type of addiction. There was a situation in Colombia. I was just down there and a lot of people were talking about something called 2CB, uh, which originated as a ketamine and ecstasy, but now it's gone down in Colombia and they put whatever in it. So are, are you concerned that situations like that give ketamine an open door for mass media to say oh you see you see you see what i told you you see right. that it's bad and that we can find ourselves in a situation how, how do we avoid that how do we so, avoid so that? i i think you know when we're talking about addiction if we're not getting to the root cause of why the person is you know mm -hmm. com compulsively using Correct. a substance which could be anything um then we're not really treating the addiction so treat yeah yeah. And, and I believe that there are psychedelics that can help get to the root cause of why someone has an addiction. Uh, and I, and so I, I believe like we use ketamine for alcohol use disorder and awaken has a, you know, a phase three studies going on. And I think actually in the UK they're they are able to use ketamine for alcohol use disorder, but they're now bringing that to the U S but we okay. use it because it, okay. a lot of it has to do with past trauma and unhealed trauma and so we're able to use ketamine to get to the root cause of why the person is perhaps numbing themselves. The problem with ketamine is it's a dissociative. So it allows the, the brain and the body to disconnect in a certain way that allows the person to almost be having an out-of-body experience. In one sense, that's good because it allows them to look at themselves in a different way. They're not their depression. They're not their pain. It's not their identity. And so they're able to almost have like a third person type of experience where they, they witness what's happening to themselves. So it's, it becomes like a wake up call. The problem is, is the afterglow effect. People do. I had a patient two weeks ago who came in with alcohol use disorder. He did one session of ketamine. He couldn't believe it. It was life changing. Two weeks later, he relapsed. Why? Because he didn't do the therapy and he didn't come back for for another ketamine session. So I really think there has to be yeah. much more education around before starting mm -hmm. a ketamine assisted psychotherapy protocol, there must be yeah. certain um, understanding that it may require yeah. multiple sessions. You have to do the preparation, the therapy and the integration. And, mm -hmm. it, and it can be a possible solution for addiction if all of those things are in place, but it's not a one and done type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you said something really smart, which I, I harp on all the time. Education, 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 education. Don't don't go into a ketamine therapy because your friend Billy or Sally or Adam had one. No, do it because you've educated yourself, because you've read up on it, because you've asked you've asked people for their opinion, for what their experience has been. Not say, oh, you did it, so I should do it. I think I think that education is is a is a really important part of all of this because then if not then like you said it could be misused right people just go in and think it's a one done and fix and then you know I'm going to go every six weeks and then if I relapse I relapse what am I going to do it's and, and and you had said something before um, the the problem is when you treat the addiction the substance and not the addict I've always said the 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 the, the the, the mind of an addict being myself, a recovering addict, is that you, you think with your mind, right? It, it's your mind who sort of says, you know what, just one more. Just one more hand and I promise I won't ever gamble again. Just one more drink and I promise tomorrow we stop. Just one more whatever it is and no more. And I think it's until the heart really says, you know what, 
this is this is where it has to stop. For me, that was what microdosing did. Microdosing sort of helped me to balance that out. You, you talked about the afterglow, um, and and to me, a psychedelics or I'm sorry, microdosing is being in that afterglow as as consistently as possible, right? Never being as high as my high, never being as low as my low. Just always being in 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 a good you know constant base. What I, I've seen you on your social media, I've seen how proud you are of everything you do, of your family. What 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 is what makes you happy? Obviously, I know healing because you're a healer. That's this is why you do this. You you want people to heal. But what what makes you smile? Yeah, I, I would definitely say relationships. I have the most loving partner in the world, and I'm so fortunate to have her in my life. She's beyond supportive. I have two amazing kids that give me, <laughs> you know, a, a whole range of emotions. And at the same time, you know, you really learn when you watch kids grow up about there's so many things that I see in them where I say, wow, you know, they like talk about neuroplasticity, like they, they're just constantly learning and they also have very little judgment. Um, they're yeah. not thinking yeah. about what everyone else is thinking about them. They're no. just doing their thing. So, you know, I love, I love having my kids and participating in, you know, a family that to me is very important. I have really wonderful friends and I have a very solid team that I really consider my family. I have there's practitioners, coaches, facilitators, therapists, and we really all work together. And I believe that the medicine is one part of it. The therapy is one part of it, but the therapeutic alliance is a huge part of people's healing. So for me, the friendships and the relationships I have in my life really allow me to have the, you know, as much happiness as I possibly can. I personally am very into exercise. I think that movement is really important. I, I, I've learned over time that if I don't exercise, it comes out in, you know, me feeling anxious or, yeah. you know, I, I need, I need some type of release for that. So yeah, I would definitely say, um, the, I, I think people should understand that relationships are very important, especially after mm -hmm. COVID. I'm sure they realize from all of that mm -hmm. isolation, being in the community. And, and I love, and I, you know, I love helping people heal and I love being a part of that. I really do. But I, but I, I believe that there should be more in community. There should be more healing in community and we should right. be able to, um, you know, and that's what the, the community has taught me. Like there's so many activities yeah. that I attend where I never would have done that being a physician, you know, right. in, in the medical model and the world that, that I was raised with Western medicine, there's this whole spiritual component that I was never taught. And mm. I realized mm. how important my own daily practice and spiritual beliefs are for my own personal health. And, and that that's the first thing I would say before anyone considers a psychedelic, what are your tools? What are the things that you do on a daily basis? It's yeah. not just identifying the person by a condition. It's really understanding their psychological state and their social situation, who, who's supporting them. And, um, and you know, what are the things that we can do to help support them as well? That's, that's important. I, I think support system. And like you said, relationships, a human relationship, right? That human connection that we, we, we did without during the pandemic where we couldn't even get close. We couldn't like, we couldn't look at each other pretty much. It was like, no, look, look away. He might have the, he might have the COVID and he might give it to you. And now that we open up a little bit more, and 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 there's so many people who are awakened. I go back to, to to the event that Ashley invited me to. The the common denominator of everyone that was there that was sharing their psychedelic experiences was that they all felt awakened. They all really felt like I've I've awakened. And and I say, if if psychedelics for some way can sort of help us put stuff back together that has been separated, right? If we can sort of create bipartisan bills. You know, if we can talk about this in Congress, if we can have people openly and honestly talking about their psychedelic experience and how it's better their lives, that, that if, if that's the glue that helps us put, you know, a lot of situations back together, then 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 why not? Um, I, I see and, and I'm not sure if, if, if you see it the same way. I'm not sure what side of the seesaw you find yourself on. But being so new in the psychedelic space, I find myself that we're on a seesaw, right? We're on a seesaw of, of, of this side being the 
high-priced pharma, psychedelic pharma, um, which has money, which brings in investors, which opens doors to Congress, which can potentially put the healing into a lot more hands of people who might be afraid. Right. And on the other end, we have the very holistic, um, they might call them hippie, if we want to go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, of saying, you know what, this comes from the earth. Like, why do I have to go to a doctor to get healing? Why do I have to go to a retreat in Costa Rica to get healing? Why do I have to pay X amount of money to go to a, a, a ketamine treatment? And, and again, there is treatment for everybody, right? There's potential for everybody. So, so my, my idea in the cultivating wisdom idea is if we move forward as, as a movement in this psychedelic revolution, as Paul Stamets, is that we, as many of us as possible, stand in the middle of the seesaw. Right, because if it goes to one way or another, we, we can find ourselves back in the situations like in the '60s, where a lot of people are going to be pointing fingers, and and a, and, and a lot of stuff that has already happened with research, with 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 trials, could could potentially go to waste. No, I mean that's I, I'm not sure how well, you I, see it. I I think it it all boils down to balance and. I think that I learned a lot of that actually from the endocannabinoid system when I started using cannabis in my practice to try to get patients off of opioids. I realized how people who are either working too much or not sleeping enough or overeating or you know anything in excess or anything that they're not doing enough of is going to show up in different ways. And that, and that's the whole, that's like the, the body keeps the score that book uh, by Bessel van der Kolk. Correct. Yes. It's a so great the, book. The, there's such an importance on optimization and well being, but it really has to do with balance. And so, mm. you know, if, if you have an acute medical condition, Western medicine will help you go to the emergency room and there's surgeries and there's medications. If you have a chronic condition, if you have chronic pain, if you have, treatment-resistant depression, PTSD for 20 years. I don't know that the Western model is really the best. If it was, we wouldn't have people on antidepressants for right. 30 years or exactly. have you exactly. know, an opioid epidemic. Exactly. So I, I think that it really has to do with balance and understanding the person. The person, first of all, has to be open-minded and willing to take mm. these medications, participate in therapy. It's also mm -hmm. changing the conversation about therapy. Ketamine-assisted psychotherapy is not cognitive behavioral therapy that people are used to. And they said, well, I've already done that. That's not going to yeah, work for yeah, me. Yeah. They try to get out of you know the therapy component, but it, the ketamine session alone, not only does it give you that biological mechanism and the neuroplastic changes, but there's a psychological component where you have insight from each of your sessions. And who are you going to exactly. talk to about that exactly. to integrate that into your life? So exactly. it, it's really... It's really, it really comes down to, to balance and, and starting to realize that every day we're reinforcing the same uh, you know, network in the brain. And a, a yeah. lot of times we just need some type of disruption to get other parts of the brain to be integrated and certain networks to start to communicate so that we can actually have a new path. It just takes mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. bit of that you know, that feeling that, that it's so interesting. Like I remember when I did my first group ketamine session, the physician said, put your attention into your heart. And it became a exactly. very exactly. Um, tangible picture. I almost yeah. felt like, you know, my, my mind was going into my heart, like yeah. put my attention yeah. into my heart. And, mm -hmm. and what that really came out of, you know, what came out of that session was really the fact that love is the underlying um, most important concept in life and <laughs> right and so so whatever you know love yourself love the environment love your family love your friends love your work much but, much of it but it's always love over fear and 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 a lot of what we have right now is pain and depression from a fear-based way of living and if we can get more people to actually feel the love or feel yeah. peaceful within themselves, they'll yeah. remember that feeling. They'll be able to take that forward in their lives. Yeah, I, I, I tell a lot of people the first thing you should do first thing first thing in the morning, and we, we have we all have this habit. The first thing we do is pick up our phone. I mean, a lot of us. I mean, I I, I I've been there. Um, but recently, I've taken on the habit. The first thing I do is just I wake up, I go, I find a mirror, I look at myself, bed head and everything, just hair everywhere, and just go, 
to take a deep breath and smile and, and love yourself. You said it when you, when you love yourself first, I, I, if, if, if psychedelics have taught me anything, it's been a couple of things that I, I've really taken to heart. One, to love myself, right? The moment I start loving myself or who I am, and I talked about it earlier about, the, you know, I'm not as high as the highs and I'm not as low as the low. Um, I'm sort of somewhere in the middle. Um, so I start by loving myself. The other thing I, it's taught me is to really be conscious about the now, right? That the only thing that exists this moment is the conversation you and I are having. Nothing else exists, right? What I did half an hour before trying to sort of get everything to work is gone. What's going to happen half an hour from now? It, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's sort of psychedelics and my microdosing practice has taught me to be conscious of what is happening at this precise moment and not what happened in the past and not what happened in the future. So it's, it's helped me to close. And, and, and I'm sure you, you're aware of this. You've, you've talked to many people that thinking in that past is that open door to depression, right? You sort of, why did this happen? Why did I do that? And that thinking too much in the future is that open door to anxiety because let's be honest, you can't be anxious about the past, right? It's already gone. And you can't be depressed about the future because it hasn't really happened. So it's sort of psych. Have you seen that, that people who go through ketamine treatment say, you know what? I feel more present. I feel more that I live this moment. Right. I, th I think a lot of what we say makes sense to people, but until they feel it, they don't really understand it. And I'll, mm. I'll give you a personal experience. I did my ketamine training besides in my pain fellowship like 10 years ago i yeah. did one for mental health um two years ago with the ketamine training center and phil wolfson wrote the ketamine papers bessel van der Kock, who wrote the body keeps the score was also yeah. a facilitator gita vade many really wonderful people we went to the cat skills there was a lot of didactics but also we had to do experiential uh session so my intramuscular ketamine session I really felt the concept of this expanded awareness. And what I mean by that is the fact that I can be present in the moment, but aware of other things around me, but it doesn't cause me to lose the fact that I'm in the present moment. And okay. I feel like a lot of people hear what we say about the power of now and you know, uh, being focused on the present, not, not thinking of the past, not worried about the future, but until you actually have that feeling that you're aware that you're in the present moment, even yeah. if you can be aware yeah. of other things around you, but yeah. your focus is really in the present moment, it became such a salient memory in, in my body and in my mind. You know, I could be in clinic, let's say, seeing a patient, knowing that the other rooms are completely full, I'll get there, but I'm still in the present moment. So I, I think yeah. it's really, yeah. uh, I think that that whole concept of, of broadening the lens, you know, you can, you yeah. can basically see the, the whole world, but at the same time, be focused right in the present moment. And a yeah. lot of that just has to do with calming down the nervous system and being in your body. And I think that mm -hmm. focusing on your breath allows you and to get work. back into breath your body. Work. And those techniques are the things that people need to learn about. Instead of just running out to take the medicine, we need exactly. to teach them the yeah. tools and the yeah. techniques that is gonna uh, be with them forever, that is completely exactly. free and exactly. accessible yeah. to everyone. So true. To everyone. <laughs> to everyone. It's funny that you said it because I, I'm not sure if you're aware or not. I, I'm not a big fan of the word magic mushrooms. I'm, I'm, I, I actually, I'm not going to say I despise the word, but I'd rather use psilocybin, obviously, because I'm a big believer that the, the magic doesn't come from the medicine. The magic comes from the human. I, mean, I could sit there and down, you know, five, six grams of mushrooms and sit on my couch and I could go, where's the magic? Like, what happened? It, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. So I, I think the magic comes from the human, right? And the magic comes from the human, like you said, integrating by inter incorporating breath work, by incorporating some meditation by incorporating mindfulness by yes looking out in the horizon it's not like you know what i mean this is the only thing that exists you have to you have to plan for the future but you can't be anxious about it you can't be you know i had a situation with my daughter before being accepted to the school that she wanted to go to where she was very anxious and it was monday and i was like when did this decision come out she goes friday i go then why are you gonna ruin monday you're gonna ruin tuesday you're gonna ruin wednesday you're gonna ruin thursday and then just wait till Friday comes. So it's sort of, I, I, I think, unfortunately, we live in that world. No, what, what, what are some of the trepidations that you hear 
from people when you talk to them about what you do? What is what is what is their biggest concern? Because again, if we're going to break the stigma that exists, that fear that you talked about that, that people sometimes have, we have to educate them. What 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 would you what is the trepidation that you find from people that you talk to? Um, and how do you how do you understand them and then have them open have them as I say how do you poke at their childhood curiosity I think one big um, one big fear people have is you know the, the whole book how to change your mind some people are fearful of well if I change my mind what am I going to start thinking and what am I going to start feeling and who am That's I going to become true. so true. Think about you know that. when we're trying to get people to connect with their truest highest wisest self some people are nervous. Who is that? And, and yeah. what happens when yeah. I unleash this and I'm not numbing myself anymore and I evoke the, you know, the true energy soul within me, who am I going to become? And then how are my friends and family going to look at me and judge me based on the fact that I am, you know, rediscovering or re-exploring who I am? So it's, it's interesting because there's that fear of what they could potentially unleash and then what happens, because I've been in the room with many people during their ketamine experiences, when that does happen and they're so in the moment and they're full of love and really, you know, letting go. And then when they come back to themselves, they realize, oh, my God, what did I just do? You know, or or what did I just let out? And and that's why the safe yeah. container is so important when you were talking about yeah. going to retreats and people who go away and do these experiences there needs to be much more preparation so that when they get there and they're, they're comfortable in the setting that they're in. And they also, yeah. you know, need to be able to have someone at the end of their experience to discuss what just happened because the, you know, a few minutes before going, I, I did a, a ketamine session for a friend of mine yesterday and the, the 10 minute talk that we had before going into her session played such a big role in her ketamine experience. So, you know, that, that the intention setting, it's more than the intention yeah. setting. Yeah. It's really making sure the person feels comfortable. The setting is, mm. is uh, you know, appropriate for them. But then afterwards, they can't just, you know, go home. <laughs> they need someone no. to yeah. talk yeah. to, to yeah. state yeah. more than just journaling, but what just happened and, and to make some type of sense of this to close the experience. And I feel like, if you just go to a place that you're getting an IV of ketamine, you're just going in there, getting the medicine, going home. You just had a life-changing, potentially transformative experience, and it's just like as if you know you just took a medication. So you just think, yeah, like, you, yeah. It, you know that that that's a that's a fear of mine, but that's also a fear that I feel I see in people is that they'll say, well, if I'm not this anymore, who am I going to be? Yeah. And and I think yeah. that. That's okay, but and that that happened to me. Think about it. I was a interventional pain doctor doing epidurals and you know giving people medication, and I realized a little bit more as I looked deeper that I'm a person who's more into function and well-being, yeah. and yeah, I can't balance. practice medicine like this anymore. So I'm very grateful that I have cannabis and ketamine to use mm. to help people connect with themselves, but then also make them feel safe. It's okay. If something comes up, we're here to support you. And also what's currently happening with you is probably not working. So are you okay? You know, making the decision to move forward and, and change your life and change your mind. And, and, and that's really neuroplasticity is learning something new. Yeah. And that's what, that's what psychedelics do. No, that's what sort of all of this mindfulness does. It sort of opens up there's neuroplasticity to sort of have the brain think in a different way. And, and it, I think it's just important to reiterate what you just said about the importance of finding the right place where you are going to go, whether it's a ketamine clinic, whether it's a retreat that you're going to go to in Latin America, whether it's a retreat you're going to go to in Arizona. Please, please make sure that you really educate yourself on where you're going, right? On, on, on what, what you're going to get, what, what, this is an investment in yourself. This is this is you. You have to think about this as you're taking in a journey into into your deepest self to find out something about yourself. So you want to make sure that you're surrounded by the right people. I heard stories in Colombia that 
yes, the plant medicine tourism industry is growing, but there's a lot of dark actors here or there, right? Which, again, I'm sure there's a lot of dark actors, like you said, in the ketamine clinic industry, right? Which is, you know what, come in, get an IV, okay, go out, you know what I mean? We'll see you later. Yeah, we'll send you your next lodges in the mail. And if you want to do telehealth, you can sort of log in if you want to, and, and we'll figure it out. That's, it makes that's me. Not- it makes me so uncomfortable. I hear people saying, "I'm trying to buy clinics and turn them into ketamine clinics." I'm like, "Did you not see what happened with the opioid epidemic?" You know, mm-hmm. and and the whole. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, May uh, two, t- 2023, a lot of the at-home ketamine is not going to be a possibility in the sense that you'll have to see a physician face to face to get a prescription, which good. I think is a very good, good. regulation. Good. So good. you know that that would help with some of that um, potential for causing some addiction. But I, I also believe that there's this concept of doing psychedelics with intentions and people yes. are fooling themselves to think that every little thing is an intention and they could do a psychedelic around it. And that's mm-hmm. the other aspect is just, you know, and, and, and of course I'm very, I'm an advocate of plant medicine and mm-hmm. psychedelics and cannabis, mm-hmm. but you know, people just say, I'm taking this and this is my intention. And it's yeah. for healing, but there's this fine line between, you know, recreation and therapy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Someone, someone said, uh, you know, that if it, medicine is when it's done with intention and, and, and you want to listen to the medicine, recreation is when you just want to get high. And and that sometimes, again, it's it's that lack of education, right? I find many people, and I'm sure you you've come across many people also that you say, oh, oh yeah, they say, oh, I'm microdosing. So like, what protocol are you on? Oh, no, you know what I mean? If I'm just feeling whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll just take a couple mushrooms and just, well, that's not really microdosing. That's not or micro- a microdosing for months, not exactly. on a schedule. <laughs> no, exactly. No Every day. How about, exactly. No How many do you measures. have? No. no. Do you have integration days? No, I just do it every day. No, 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 and no, and no. That's not microdosing. Please stop. Right. They say when you Please. get the message, hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's, and that's, Again, but I think that comes with education, right? And that's sometimes, you know, I tell people, look, the, the reason why we have these shirts is because we want people to have these discussions, right? We want people to have these conversations. We want people to look at someone like yourself, look at someone like me, and say, there is a mother, there is a father, there is a husband, there is a wife, there is a doctor, there is a business owner. And, and yes, they use psychedelics. Yes, they use them as life performance enhancers. They're biohacking their system they're 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 biohacking their brain to think in a more conscious more mindful way and they're not doing it recreationally they're not going off in the woods doing you know going to grateful dead concerts so it's it's, it's important that we have these conversations and I, and I i love that you are this amazing smile face that sort of leads this revolution as we're going forward with these incredibly honest conversations right with 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 which is you're, you're proud of what you do. And, and, and I, I think that's respectable because one, we all know that this is an industry that's, that's very run by one sided. There's not, there's, there's diversity, diversity is growing, but you know, I was amazed how many incredible female voices were leading this revolution at Canadelic. How many, you, Colleen, Ashley, Kaya, it's just so, so many, Gabrielle. There's just so many names to sort of. Well, there's there's something about a female delivering medicine, yeah. you know, in a transformative yeah. way. That my whole team is actually females, and it's not it's not because I'm not picking males. It's just these are the people who come into my life, and hmm. um, you know, this is how medicine is being delivered in my practice, and I'm not saying anything male versus female, but you know, there's, there's, it's the same way that some people want a male therapist versus a, a female therapist. Yeah. It's how, you know, who they're comfortable with. And there is a maternal part to this whole Definitely. process, you know, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. and even being a mother that, that plays such a role into mm-hmm. me even being a doctor. I know that yeah. the way yeah. I take care of people is different because I'm a mother and because I'm a Makes partner and because I understand love and mm. how other people that I'm trying to heal that I'm working with have families that love them too. So it's really yeah. a much bigger picture yeah. and that's where, you know, community yeah. really comes in. Yeah, that's true. It's where your heart comes in. No, it's you, you're, you're doing this in a loving manner. You're doing this in your heart is telling you to do this. And, and that, 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 
that female energy around psychedelics is, is incredibly important. My wife sat for both of the macrodoses that I've done and she, and she was amazing. She was just, she was, she knew what to say. She knew when to say it. She knew what not to say. She knew how to be, she knew. So, so it was, that, that was really important. Um, I, I would love to ask 20 years from now, Dr. Michelle Weiner is sitting down and she says, I've, I've, my mission is accomplished. What is that mission? What is right? And, and again, look right now, right now, where do you see it? Because you're, you're doing amazing things. You know what I mean? Hats off to you. I, I can just imagine that it's, the, the, it's endless, the possibilities of, of stuff that you can do, but where do you, where do you sit down and go? Yes. Yes. This, well, this was it. first I would have to say that there has to be more education about pain in medical school. That's, that's something that is very important to me. I don't think that our new physicians are learning about pain. And, and, and by that, I mean, there has to be more of this bridge between pain and psychiatry. The fact that mm. we are treating people, not a condition. And so mm -hmm. You know, what I would really like is for more personalization of medicine, more precision of medicine. We can use genetics. We can, we, we can also um, have specialists that are communicating with each other. So, yeah. so what I would like to see is the pain specialty involved in other specialties and psychiatry and chronic pain kind of, you know, understanding each other a little bit more. That's, that's mm. something that's very important to me. And I think more of a values-based medical system that's not just FDA-approved medications for certain ICD-10 codes that we then give certain pharmaceuticals to, more, besides value-based, more based on um, people taking ownership over their own lives and their own health. And Smart. so Smart. I think, you know, I, I think that's what I would like to see going mm. forward. And then more... Um, more, more medicine that is involving community as opposed to such a clinical, sterile environment. So that's, that's what I would like to see in the medical field. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that, that, that's awesome. That's, those are all, again, those are, those are, some people might say lofty goals, but those are reachable goals, right? Those, that community healing, why not? Why not? you know, I don't know, let's think down the road that we can have, um, you know, not-for-profit organizations that help teach integrators in lower income and lower marginalized communities, right? That then they can sort of bring some healing groups together and it's, it's, it's let's at least heal two or three than not heal any, right? Let's sort right. of, let's, Be let's Because many, be of the, many of the like <laughs> fundamental limiting beliefs that we have are very similar. So, mm. you know, everyone wants to, to um, have their own attention put on their own healing, but many of these concepts are very similar amongst different patients. So there's something that can actually be expedited by doing this in groups, and it's also more affordable. Um, and I just think we're meant to be in nature, and we're meant to be with mm. each other, and relationships yep. define exactly. the happiness within our lives. Yeah, yeah, you circle you circle back exactly to what you had said earlier, which it's relationships, right? I, th I think if you've seen cultivating wisdom's motto, we 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 want to set a buffet table of wisdom so that we cultivate a better future. And the bigger the buffet table is, the more people we bring in, the more community we bring in, the more we look at each other, the more we talk to each other, the more we cultivate wisdom, the more we share experiences, highs and lows, right? The more we create. And, and, and really nourish these relationships that we have in life, um, I, th I think the better, the better future we could have. I think, I think we, 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 we'll, we'll create better humans. And you know having children, I know having children, that that's the only thing we would want to leave them, right? If, 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 if we leave them anything, that we leave them a world that's more caring, that's more awake, that's more aware, um, that they, they could really cultivate for them a better future. I think that's, that's what we should all sort of shoot for. No. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's yeah. free. You uh, know, there, there, there has to be a little bit more freedom in our, our movements and, and less uh, fear and restrictions and less 
social media and iPads. Right, <laughs> right. Kids, exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. More, more, more talking to each other, more talking Back to each to other. It was, I, I don't know if to call you Dr. Michelle Wiener, Michelle, Dr. Wiener. I, I feel like we've created a relationship. You know what I mean? Like I said, you were one of the first persons I, I first started to follow. Um, and who really opened my eyes to what psychedelics really are. So for that, I thank you. I thank you for coming on our show, for cultivating wisdom with 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 our people out there. Um, I know that uh, you're you're going to do amazing things because you're doing it from the heart. I, I think that you you're an amazing individual. Um, the times we've shared space, I've always left with with a sensation of of that was that was awesome. That was that was that was good connection. So uh, much love to you. Um, so many people are proud of what you're doing. Um, you know, I would say the same for you. I, I truly <laughs> respect you. And I, I think that, you know, we can have all these studies which show sample sizes that are much higher with, you know, placebo controlled randomized trials. But when something is actually experienced by the person, and even though it's a N of one, right. And, and yeah. when you have changed your own life using these medications, or when I have experienced a ketamine experience that has stayed with me forever, there's something about that that you know nobody can refute, and that's also why medicine and research and evidence-based research has to evolve. Because True. The, you know, how do you do a placebo-controlled trial with these psychedelics? It's very difficult. But yes. when one person has their life completely transformed because of these medications, nobody can really take that away from you. So yeah. I really yeah. respect you for being Thank such you. a great voice, Thank and you. I I feel like you really speak from the heart. So it was really nice speaking with. It was it was awesome. I, I hope I hope soon we do another one of these. Um, again, we love would love to have you on here. You, this is this is your home. Um, you know we we've been honored. We've been honored to have you on. Um, look forward to seeing what you're doing. If you don't follow Dr. Michelle Weiner, I don't know what you're doing. Seriously, are you serious? You're not following her? I mean, come on. Um, yeah, just if if you want to know the latest on again, just smart talk about ketamine therapy, about cannabis therapy, about psychedelics, and again. She's a doctor of the year for a reason. Come on, people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So hats off hats off to you. Hats off to you. Um, we look forward to seeing you back here on the show soon. Thank you. Thank you.